Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Hey there guys, it's Ben here and uh, I'm really excited to be bringing today's message to you wherever you're tuning in from whatever country or continent or city you've made a brilliant brilliant decision to tune in today and i am sure you're going to get something great from this message if you don't know me i'm married to lynn and we have the real privilege of leading global church in london we've been part of global church now for about 16 years under dave and shelley's leadership and three years ago we relocated from York to London to start a new global church in the capital city. And it's been an amazing three years. We started off in Battersea in southwest London, which is a brilliant neighbourhood. You might know it for its park, its old power station or its cats and dogs home. And we made great friends there. We started uh, a dinner party around our place. We, um, We would hold regular parties. We'd do Uh, then watch parties on a weekend and a monthly service in the local pub and it was great and it was growing with new people and then last year we expanded and moved into Pimlico just north of the river in the city of Westminster right in the heart of London and again despite Covid and all the restrictions that has been great and growing and is really it's just a really exciting adventure to be on to see church growing across our city. So today's message that I'm bringing is called Onwards and Upwards. And this is really timely here in the UK where, and for other places around the world where the countries are in the process of easing and lifting COVID restrictions. And life is just starting to feel a little bit back to normality, a little bit more normal. The offices are getting busier again. The roads are getting busier again. The pubs have reopened, thank goodness. And people can start going on holiday and socialising and enjoying life again. And so today's story, uh, I've taken it from the Old Testament. I've taken it from 2 Kings 4 and it's about the widow's olive oil. It's a really well-known story and it's a really simple but life-changing story. So whether you are a regular in church, whether you've been a Christian a long time, or whether you have, whether you're brand new to faith or you have no faith at all, I'm confident that today you're going to get something great from this message. I'm going to pick it up, 2 Kings 4, uh, verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, he respected the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbours, um, sorry, ask all your neighbours for empty jars. 
don't ask for a few, then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars and as each jar is filled, put it to one side. She left him. She shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So what's happened in this story? This, this woman has been left a widow. Her husband has died, but he has left a load of debt that she cannot pay. And now the creditor is coming to collect his debt. And we're past the days of red letter bills. And he's not even coming to take away the furniture. He's coming to take away her children. And she is now at risk of losing everything. You know what? She is totally, totally stuck. But what I love about this story is by the end, she's not stuck. Her situation is totally, totally transformed. She's able to clear her debt. She's able to secure the future of her family. And she even has an income source to, to help her do that. So what changed? You know, I've got four points which show the stages she went through to get that breakthrough. So if you are holding out, believing for, praying for a breakthrough or a miracle, or you are stuck in a situation, you can apply these four points to get to the other side, to get your breakthrough. So my first point is she spoke to the right person. Now in life, we can chat to, to anyone. And when you, if you look on social media, everyone's willing to give an opinion. But in this story, she went to the man of God. In the Old Testament, the man of God represented God Almighty himself. And God used his, his, his prophets to speak out his word, to give instruction to people. Um, now, today, we could say the church leader, the church pastor. In global, we've got dinner party and connect group leaders, watch party leaders. You might have uh, a mentor who's helping you walk through and explore your faith and develop your faith and pointing you in the right direction. But it's making sure that, that you go to the right person and not just any person. This lady moved from trouble. She heard the instruction. It, she was able to get out of trouble and to get on to the right path. And that's, what's led, that what, that's what led her to success. Matthew 7, 7 in the Amplified says, Ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. But it's 
going to the right person and not just any person. There's a great business uh, coach who's also a Christian called John Maxwell. And he says that we are the average sum of the five people closest to us. So question, who are the five people closest to you? Who are the five people who you let influence you and your decisions? Because that is who you will end up most like. This lady went to the man of God. So she got godly wisdom that, will, that set her up for success. She was able to move on to the right path that set her up for success. What about you? Who do you go to? More importantly, who do you allow to influence you? The next point is, she did what he said. So not only did she ask the right person, she then did what he told her to do. Go and get as many jars, not just a few, then close the door and start pouring the oil. And that's exactly what she did. Now, we don't always like being told what to do, especially adults, because we, well, we think, well, we know it. So don't tell me. You know, we've got a, I go to a boot camp. Uh, it's a military style boot camp in uh, Battersea Park and Hyde Park. And it's great fun. But the instructors are ex-military. And so when they give an instruction, they expect you to do it. And if you don't do it, you get uh, normally burpees as a punishment. If you put your hand on your hips and they say, don't do that, you'll get burpees as a punishment. And what they say is, well, you're here, you're paying good money and spending your time to get fit. So if you're not going to do the action or you're just going to chat with your friends, what's the point in being here? You're wasting your time and your money. Fair point. <laughs> But it's funny because you go and then they'll say, right, Ben, run around that again. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. Here's what's going on. Don't like being told what to do. It's like at work when your boss gives an instruction. Sometimes we'll do it. Sometimes maybe not. Sometimes reluctantly. Or maybe you are the boss and you know exactly what it's like to give instruction and have people say, actually, I don't want to do it. You know, being told what to do and doing it are two very different things. But this widow did it. She took the instruction and she followed it. When you look through the Gospels and you see Jesus doing miracles, he gives an instruction and it's the instruction that leads to the miracle. The paralysed man lowered through the ceiling on his mat by his friends into the room where Jesus was. What did he say to the man? He said, get up, take up your mat and walk. Well, the man was paralyzed, but Jesus was giving him an instruction. And the moment the man attempted to follow the instruction, he was miraculously healed. And he got up and he picked up his mat and he walked. There was another man with a withered hand. And Jesus said, stretch out your hand. Well, the man could have said, well, no, that's impossible. I can't. I've had this since I was a child. Don't be, come on, Jesus, you're supposed to be the son of God. You, you know, you know how this works. You know physics. You created physics. 
biology even. But the man followed the instruction and got his miracle. When Peter cried out to Jesus, when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter cried out to him, Lord, is that you? If that's you, call me over. <laughs> and Jesus said, come. And then Peter gets out the boat. There were 11 disciples sitting in the boat watching Peter, the one who's followed an instruction, walk on water. There he was defying physics. That's the right science. So wherever Jesus did a miracle, it was often accompanied by an instruction. Here in the Old Testament, it is no different. Elisha has given this woman an instruction. Go get as many jars of oil, go get as many empty jars as you can. Then go shut the door behind you and start pouring oil into the jars. And she followed the instruction. She could have said no. She could have said, don't be stupid. I've got, I've only got a few hours or a few days left with my kids. And you're telling me to what? Go collect a load of clutter for my house. I don't need more jars. I've got nothing to put in those jars. What are you on? She could have bounced the, the thinking off her friends who'd have been like, oh, yeah, you know, and who does he think he is telling you what to do? But she didn't. Had, if she'd have done any of that, she would not have got her miracle. But she didn't. She followed the instruction. What about you? Do you follow instructions that are given to you? They might be given to you by somebody in church, by a leader in church. That, in, that, that talk about stepping out in faith and you think, I could never do that. No, do, do it. Step out in faith. What's the point of believing for miracles if you're never going to step out in faith? You're just going to do it in your own strength. So what do you do when you're not sure what to do? You know what? Go to your, church, go to your leaders. You might say, well, I don't, I, I'm not part of a church. I don't have a church to go to. Then go plug into one. Go get planted. Planted in the house, they'll flourish, the Bible says. So go and get planted in the house. Maybe you're loosely connected to church. Maybe you're loosely connected to global. No, go get planted. Go get stuck in. Go put your roots down. It'll do you good. So here's the rule of thumb. When you're stuck on something, you're praying for something. Go to God's word. What does God's word tell you to do on it? Oh, I think God's told me to do this. Okay, check it off with his word. He'll never contradict his word. And secondly, pray for conviction from the Holy Spirit. That gut feeling that I know, I just know that it's the right thing to do. It makes no logical sense, but I just know. Check it off with God's word. Check it off with the Holy Spirit. Or if you're short on time, if you're short on time, go with what I've been told is the Shelley Shaw rule. As long as it goes alongside God's word 
and it's not illegal. And then I always pray, God, if it's not right, stop it. Shut the door. A lot of the time, we try and apply logic to miracles. We try and apply logic and it's saying, but I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't give a tithe. I couldn't give an offering. I wouldn't have enough money if I did that. It goes against logic. But the thing is, God's kingdom does go against logic. It's supernatural. It, it operates in the miraculous. In Isaiah 119, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. In the message, and I always like the message because it just says it with a little bit more grit. The message is like the Sun newspaper of the Bible, if I can put it like that. Um, maybe not the Sun. It says, if you are willing, if you willingly obey, you'll feast like kings. But if you're willful and stubborn, you'll die like dogs. She did what she was told to do. She was willing and she was obedient. And you know what? That set her up to get her miracle and her breakthrough. That set her up to save her family. That set her up to put her on a new path for her life, a path that God had ready made for her to walk down. But she had to take the action. What about you? Are you willing are you obedient? Because if you are, it will set you up for great success. My third point is God met her needs and more. This one I absolutely love because this shows the extravagant overflow of God's character, his nature. The story says she went and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. But by, but by the end of it, the kind of, sorry, in that, it shows she, she had more than she needed to pay off her debts. Her miracle was, I need, to, I need to get out of debt. I need to be debt free. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? For those of us who've got mortgages or credit cards or loans or PCP on cars or whatever else. To be totally, totally debt free, that would be a miracle in itself. But God went above and beyond that miracle. He, he gave her enough, he gave her the resources to, set, to pay off all of her debts and live on what's left. Imagine that. Imagine having a miracle where all of your debts were cleared and then you could live on the proceeds. That's huge. But that's the extravagant overflow of God's love. It is absolutely incredible. You know, one of the God has many names, but one of the names given to God is El Shaddai. And that means the God of more than enough. Not the God of just enough, the God of more than enough. Church, if you're in church, you need to get this. God 
is your source. If you're new to church or new to faith or just dipping your toe in the water and seeing what it's all about, then I want to tell you, you know, you can be, you can shift from you being your source, your job being your source. God is your source. Promotion comes from God. Finances come from God. Success comes from God. And he is the God of more than enough. Do you have more than enough at the moment? In your situation, do you have more than enough? Because if not, what I'd say is you need to keep plugging back into the source because God's not holding back. So if it's not flowing, there's a blockage. Remove the blockage. As she poured the oil into these jars, the oil supernaturally multiplied. It started at the start of the story. She said, I've only got a little oil. And that little oil will already be in a jar, obviously. So the idea of getting more jars and pouring that little bit of oil into multiple jars makes no logical sense. But God is supernaturally multiplying the oil. It's the same for you. As she poured oil into the jars, God multiplied. As you pour yourself into others, God will pour into you. Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women plus children. Really well known. It's in a number of the Gospels, the feeding of the 5,000. But he did it with five loaves and two fish. And he took the five loaves and two fish. And then as the disciples went round handing it out, says that it multiplied in, as, they're, as they're giving it out to these 5,000 men plus women plus children. So let's say, let's say a conservative estimate of 12,000. Let's say. 10,000. Why not? Five loaves and two fish multiplied as they were being handed out to the people who ate their fill. And then it says when the disciples went around and cleared up the leftovers, there were 12 baskets left over. What's happened there? The God of more than enough has turned up. Remember, God is your source. Jesus is your source. Are you plugged in to the source? If you're not, get it sorted. If you're not, put your faith in Jesus. There is no better time than now to do that. John 10.10 in the message says, the thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came, as in Jesus, Jesus speaking, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better than they ever dreamed of. More and better than you've ever dreamed of. That is the life that Jesus has lined up for you. If you're plugged into the source. It's time. It's time to do that. It's time to plug in. So she spoke to the right person. She did what he said. 
And as she did what he said, God met her needs and more. So finally, what happened? Her life was transformed. It was transformed. The last instruction Elisha gave to her is go sell the oil, pay your debts and live on what's left. At the start of this story, we see a widow who is in debt that she cannot pay. She is about to lose her family. At the end, she is an entrepreneur. She is a businesswoman. She isn't just a businesswoman. She has a family business because her sons are involved in the business. What's she done to get this incredible transformation? She's moved her security from her husband who died and left her in debt. She's moved her security from her husband to God and to following God's word. What's your security in today? We've got a saying in global. We do it God's word, God's way. It's no surprise that we have so many success stories. Yes, people get, we get battered about through life. Of course we do. Jesus said in this, in this world you'll have trouble. Or in this life, sorry, you'll have trouble. But fear not, I have overcome the world. So yes, of course we get battered about. Yes, there are good days. Yes, there are bad days. But you know what? We do it God's word, God's way. And at the end, like it says in Romans, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called to his purpose. By the end of this story, she and her sons are starting a family business. They're selling their olive oil. They are debt. They're paying off their debt. They're, they're becoming debt free and they're living on the profit, the profits. So what about you? It's time that your life was transformed. It's time that you plugged in to the source. It's time to go onwards and upwards with Jesus. First, you might not have any faith. You might just be just be checking this out. Just maybe you like the, the talks or the service or you started watching over lockdown. And I'd say to you, if you haven't put your trust in Jesus, today is the day to do it. Today is the day to start that journey. Today is the day for that transformational power of God to start coming into your life. And in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But first, I want to speak to the church. Because I want to say to you, it's time to start living big lives again. It's time to mobilise. It's time to plug back into the source. In Galatians 6, it talks about, the Bible talks about carrying each other's burdens and you will be rewarded. So I want to remind you, church, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. So what are you making happen for others? Are you telling people about Jesus? Are you inspired 
in yourselves? Are you, do you have fresh revelation in yourself about Jesus? If not, now's the time to get it. Now's the time while the restrictions are eased, whilst, the, you know, whilst we're doing services and parties and we're able to go to the pub and socialise, now is the time to start expanding our lives again and saying, you know what, God, it's your word and it's your way. And I know I'm going to see miracles on the back of it. Maybe you're not seeing the breakthrough you want. Maybe you're praying for things and it's not happening. You look at others around you who are getting the miracles and breakthrough and saying, well, I want that. How do I get that? This is how you get it. God's word, God's way. Matthew 6, 33, one of my favourite scriptures in the Bible says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the other things that you need will be added, added to you. So you know what? If you want to see prayers answered and you want to see miracles happening in your life, seek first his kingdom and his way of living, his righteousness. And all the things that you need will be added to you. It's time to start getting excited about God's plans for your life. It's time to start praying for the miraculous to happen in your lives, in your family's lives, in your friends' lives, even in the lives of people that you don't like. Just see what God does. We've got a saying in London, and we're, this is our, our mantra for this summer. Uh, it's our mantra all the time, really, but this summer we're actually able to go out and party. So this really is, we've, we've grabbed it by, we've grabbed the bull by the horns, and this is what we're running with. Go and live big, fun lives. Big, fun lives. Pointing people to Jesus. And that's it. It's as simple as that. It's a life that's bigger than just us. It's a life we actually enjoy and it's rooted in purpose, which is we know the, power, the, 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 the life transformational power of God Almighty. We've put our trust in Jesus and you know what? Just like you tell someone about a great coffee shop or a great gym or a great restaurant and you'd say, you got to go, you got to try it out. We found a life-changing God. And so we're saying you've got to go check him out and we can help you do it. And, you know, if you are watching this and you're based in London or you're based in Newcastle or you're based in York, get in touch with us. Get in touch with us and come along to what the church is doing. And if you're watching this and you're based in a city where there isn't a global but you're inspired to start a global, get in touch with us because we want to spread this amazing message all over the world. You don't have to be in the UK. You don't even have to be in Europe. Wherever you are, you could start a global. Just get in touch with us. So how can we live big lives, lives that are more than we could ever dream of if we're not plugged into the source? How can we expect to see miracles and transformed lives if we're not plugged into the source? You know what? Today, whether you believe in Jesus 
or not, whether you're part of global church or another church or no church at all, I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept and put your trust in Jesus. And you know what? I really recommend that you do it. I'm going to say a prayer and uh, you can say this. Uh, you can just, you know, wherever you are, you can just say this prayer a line at a time or you can just say it in your heart if you want. If you're on the bus listening to this, don't say it out loud. You can just say it quietly to yourself. But then once you've done it, once you've said it, get in touch with us because we've got some great stuff that we can we can get to you. So here we go. God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you sent him to live a perfect life and to die on a cross to pay the price for my life and to rise again three days later. Father, right now, I put my trust and my faith into Jesus and I invite him in to transform me from the inside out and to transform my life. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Thanks very much, guys. You have a great week. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.